When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstrike Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me as always, my man Cody. And Cody, you had uh, quite the weekend here that you just got back from. You've had back-to-back fun football weekends. Tell us about your experience this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the last weekend on Sunday, I got to go to the Texans game, see them beat the crap out of the Steelers, go to the J.J. Watt Ring of Honor Day, tailgate before that one, then randomly got the notification that, hey, if you want two tickets to go see Bama and A&M up in College Station this weekend, they're yours, and was definitely not going to pass that one up. Unfortunately, did a pretty heavy leg day right before that on Friday, so I'm still sore today, can barely walk, was like trying to (laughs) waddle around all of Kyle Field up there, but man, absolutely insane environment. Obviously, unfortunately, Aggies don't come away with a win, play a good game, but uh, our secondary is legitimately a liability, and um can't stop Burton on a deep ball. So you lose on that. We still had one second left. Ball hit the ground with one second left. Don't know why we didn't get another play. And uh, the referees were playing middle linebacker for their team the entire game as well. So, you know, there's a couple things that went wrong about it. <laughs> but, man, insane environment. 108,000 people, over 108,000 people there. Third largest showing in AM history at Kyle Field. Uh, highlight of it was definitely so loud in there that they got f- three false start penalties back to back to back and then move the ball back 15 yards because of how loud that place was. Insane environment. Uh, took me three hours to get home whenever it's supposed to only take two because I did not move in my truck for the first hour after the game. That place was a madhouse. So insane <laughs> environment, unfortunately, didn't get the win, but hell of a time. Yeah, man, I watched the game, obviously, on 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 TV, so I didn't get to have the same experience that you did in the box. But, yeah, it was one of those realization moments that, like, Bama is still Bama. Like, they, they don't have the same talent that you'd expect, you know, from the quarterback or from the wide receivers. You know, they're definitely missing. There's definitely holes on that team. But, like, they're still a very well-coached team, and they still – they still find a way to get it done, man. They still find a way to get it done. And so I'm sorry for your loss. Like, but it was one of those things. Like I thought AM was going to uh, to pull that one out. And uh the discipline of Bama just, just they got a, they got a hell of a D line. They beat the crap out of our O line into the second half. We couldn't do anything offensively anymore either. So one of those things. Bama's still Bama. It's hard to get up to that level. <laughs> Well, speaking of beat the crap out of, let's talk about that Thursday night game and uh, start off really with with what uh, I mean, we knew Justin Fields was going to have a, a great game last week against the Denver Broncos. That defense was atrocious. Um, the commander's defense, a little bit better than Denver, but still nothing to like, you know, write home about. 
but 40 to 20, the Bears end up dominating on Thursday night football. And the headline, of course, was the combination of Justin Fields and DJ Moore that we had all been waiting to see for fantasy purposes finally come to fruition. And DJ Moore with eight, 230 with three touchdowns. And of course, Justin Fields having uh, 282 total passing yards, of course, 230 going to DJ Moore and four passing touchdowns. So overall, great uh, offense for the Bears there. Uh, they're probably I mean, they probably had three games that could have been put into this game. And that was their total over the span of three games at some points throughout this year and last year, potentially. But no, it was a good damn good performance by Justin Fields. This is what we've wanted to see from him. Good to see it against a defense two weeks in a row. That's not the Denver Broncos, although this Washington Commanders football team is also getting exposed pretty badly. So. Um, it, it was definitely a good game to see. Uh, obviously, DJ Moore was insane. He looked like that wide receiver one for him that he needed. He looked like that, quote unquote, AJ Brown or Stefan Diggs elevating him. Again, don't think it's sustainable, but good to see from Justin Fields. This is going to keep him with his job for probably the remainder of the season. Still think they're going to be bad enough to draft QB over him and still think we eventually get to that point. But very good to see that this actually does exist from Justin Fields. And like you said, this stack, I mean, I was in a best ball league where after Thursday night, I was down 126 to zero. <laughs> Just oh brutal, brutal in that game. Yeah, no, and that's uh, that's what you that's what you're gonna get, right? Like when you have a stack like that. I mean, we're, we'll talk about another stack this weekend that really came through with uh, Burrow and Chase, and so that that one finally popped off. But hey, 230 yards receiving for for DJ Moore. What a wild part of this is only three players on the Bears actually caught a pass. I know there was other targets that went around, uh, some some you know egregious drops by Dar- Darnell Mooney, but only three guys caught the ball. Tanyan commit and dj Moore, so it's kind of wild to think about that especially when you're you're thinking about justin fields having a a huge blow-up game himself but again only 50 other passing yards went to somebody besides dj Moore. so you stop that man you stop the passing game is really what it comes down to so on the other side of the ball i just want to touch on sam howell i mean he was okay like you know I'd say what he had 380 yards passing. Like he he actually did his thing. Like you know it was it was a good game from him for the most part. But for fantasy purposes, like where are you at on Sam Howell? Do you, do you think this is his job? Like I mean, for- it's his job for the rest of this year. He just goes out there and plays Yolo ball, though. Like he has, he plays his game with reckless abandonment, and it's fun. It's actually good for fantasy. Um, you know, sitting him, seeing him sit there. He also picked up another 19 on the ground, hit all those overs that I think every single person I knew who was betting picked <laughs> the Sam Howell rushing yeah. over line. But no, I mean, he's just going to go out there. He's going to play YOLO ball, and they're probably going to lose a decent amount of games, but the ball's going to get spread around. He's just going to chuck it up and try to fit it in. I don't know. Like, I haven't really seen anything that thinks he's going to be a long-term asset for this team. And like I said, I don't think they're a very good football team. They'll probably be pr- picking pretty high. And Ron Rivera is certainly not a head coach for this team after this year because he looks checked out by all accounts. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a good fantasy quarterback for this year, but you're probably only paying for production this year if you have him or trying to go out and buy him. Yeah, I think if he's my QB three, I feel good, you know, about having that uh, spot start available to me. You know, again, it's going to be hit or miss. Like these games are going to you're going to have the ups with the downs when it comes to Sam Howell. Um, so I'm definitely with you. And my big struggle with this team as a whole is like 
you kind of talked about it, the distribution across the board. Like the the only person that had double digit targets was Logan Thomas this game, uh, which is I, which I would not have expected coming into it. We heard all the stories of potentially seeing um, Terry McLaurin have his breakout game and that didn't happen. It, I mean, Curtis Samuel is the second leading receiver on this team this week. It's just a, an overall distribution across the board. So uh, I don't necessarily want any of these other pass catchers. Like, yes, McLaurin's good. Yes, Dotson. You have Samuel. But again, if you're having to start these guys week in and week out, you're going to have clunkers like this where you just you get what you get week in and week out if you have to start these guys. So um, I think uh, of them, it's one of those. It means to be in the offense, right? Like you want Patrick Mahomes, but you don't know which pass catcher you want. And Logan Thomas obviously was t- was a uh, Travis Kelsey today. So um, good for them, I guess. Yep, uh, I don't think there's too much more to say about it. That's pretty much yep. what you're going to get. Probably not as much passing yards, though, so it's probably even going to be worse than this a lot of times. So then let's dive into the London game here. We had uh, Josh Allen on Josh Allen crimes happening out there. Uh, so Josh Allen, the quarterback, did incredible QB1 performance for for him. Finally, we got to see this, this elite-level, top-tier talent that we all expected from a quarterback. I uh, haven't haven't seen a ton of those performances this year, but Josh Allen was QB one on the week, and then of course on the other side of the ball we had Travis Etienne that really showcased his ability um, in you know in the running game. So he he popped off as well. What were your takeaways here from this London game? Man, I know that Josh Allen. I mean, you want to talk about playing with reckless abandonment? That guy throws an arm punt like nobody else, and so he's probably going to throw the most picks in the league again this year because he just mm. does not care. He's like third down. Hey, that thing's going to the five, and you can catch it if you want to. But I mean, he, he's playing. He's a quarterback one. Like I honestly think that we we kept talking about this all the way through the offseason of like. Patrick Mahomes is by far and away the QB one and look where we're at. Josh Allen's the QB one again. And Patrick Mahomes is QB six on the year. Josh Allen has stayed in the QB one and the QB two. I don't, what's the separation? Cause I don't really think there is any, that's my biggest takeaway is Josh Allen is the QB one in dynasty for me. I don't care anymore. Obviously yep, no. if I want to play long-term, I can play Patrick Mahomes, but week over week, I'll still take Josh Allen every week. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the, the nature of a fantasy, the, in this day and age is, is that's what this is turning to, right? Like this is turning into a week to week game or a a year to year game really. And it's like, all right, Josh Allen's healthy. He's going to have, I mean, theoretically, he's probably going to outperform Patrick Mahomes week over week. It's the longevity that you're expecting from Patrick Mahomes is why you want him QB one. But if you really look at the, the fantasy performances, like unless you have some, some additional bonuses that, that really benefit, passers whether that's you know point per completions or or different things like that uh, for the most part josh allen is qb1 he's going to be the qb1 overall um, or at least the top two like you, you might have a, a lamar season or jalen hurt season but he's going to be right there uh, i'm not saying that that's anything bad against patrick mahomes he's obviously very good but you know he's going to be end up more like a qb5 or six and and this year, when you're talking about point discrepancies, like it, it can be a, a, a big difference for you. Like, you know, it could be a three to four point swing for you at any given week. And I mean, we all know that fantasy playoff time, like that's that's the difference between a win and a loss. So um, those types of things do matter. So I'm with you. What are you doing with ETN, though? Like ETN finally, I'll say finally. I mean, he's been getting the workload. But he he really had a pop off performance, you know, going for 138 yards or 136 yards with two touchdowns, um, and then he also had added an additional four catches for 48 yards. So had quite the performance. 
are you all in on ETN being a top six running back? I'm not all in on it, but he's he's looked a lot better. He's really impressed me this year. I will say for this for this specific game, this defense got utterly destroyed throughout the game. Uh, one, they're on the you know Jags have been over in London for two weeks. Bills are on the short week. I think they went over on like a Thursday and only had like two days to acclimate for some reason. Everybody was kind of talking about that transition being an interesting choice, and then they lost like four guys during this game as well. Um, it, it was a tough day for the Bills. Uh, it was going to be a tough day for the tough game for them to win anyway just with the circumstances around it but I do like ETN I thought Tank Bigsby would be a lot more integral part of this offense and he hasn't really shown that yet so far we'll see if he works in later but whenever ETN's running like this there's not really much need to do that he's looked good so far so I think he could easily be finish up in that top six but again it's running back Um, I think I think if you want to pay up a little bit for him right now that's fine but I'm not going out of my way to do it everywhere yeah, I think the the big thing that stands out to me. I mean, like I, I like ETN, but again, it's the running back position, so it's it's in a way it's replaceable. Like I can find somebody else that can give me those types of performances. Um, he has had like obviously this was a, a big week for him, but um, he can also carry you know twenty times for eighty yards and have himself a nice you know Brian Robinson performance. So um, it just makes me really wonder what I want out of my running back position and the capital that I'm I'm going to invest in that. Um, but again, I I, I think he's going to be very good for the rest of the year. They're definitely going to use him uh unless tank all of a sudden decides that you know they decide to give him the ball but it does not look like that is in the cards at all based on the current breakdown of, of what tank only got three carries on the on the game so not great not great at all uh for pass catchers though this is something that i i wanted to kind of highlight because trevor lawrence has had some ups and downs this year um I mean, this game, he had 37 passes, 25 completions for 315 yards, one tutter in the air. But it's the the distribution that I keep looking at. You know, I, I, I like Evan Ingram in this offense, you know, the way that Doug Peterson likes to use tight ends. Um, there's the constant debate. It seems like every single week of Calvin Ridley or Christian Kirk, who's the who's the one? And, you know, Zay Jones is there. What's actually going to happen? And we saw an even distribution this week. Calvin Ridley, eight targets. Christian Kirk, eight targets. Evan Ingram, eight targets. And then when you look in the second tier, it's like ETN had five. Zay Jones had five. Like that's the kind of breakdown we expect to see. And it's just going to be who has the, who, who ends up with the bigger play, who can make the bigger plays uh, more consistently throughout a game. Today was Calvin Ridley, but there was, this was no slouch performance by Christian Kirk with his six catches, 78 yards, uh, and then seven catches for 122 for Calvin Ridley and the lone touchdown going to Zay Jones and his return back. So, I mean, it's going to be an even distribution. You just don't know who's going to pop week in and week out. Like, I want all three of those guys or all four of those pass catchers, if you include Ingram, uh, when it comes to best ball. And so I'm willing to go out and acquire some Zay Jones, some Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, whichever one's cheaper is really how I'm looking at it. Um, How comfortable are you, like, cramming these guys into your lineup, though? Well, real quick, not comfortable at all with Zay Jones because he did re-injure his right knee in this game. And so he looks like he's probably going to potentially need like a surgery almost to fix this because it's a re-injury of a like a scope or something to try to fix this. We'll know more about that later throughout the week. But I think you do. You just plug in all the Ingram, Kirk and Ridley. You plug them in and. You know, you hope you at least get the baseline floor of about five catches for 60 yards and then you're going to hit it about every other week where one of them goes for eight catches for 120 and one touchdown or no touchdowns instead. Like it's, it's a spike week, but they're, they've got a good floor with this offense. So I'm fine rolling out any three of these guys, but I don't value any of them that differently comparatively to the others. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. 
I mean, I think that's pretty much all we really need to to kind of touch on uh, with that. It's like really, if you can acquire one of those guys, they're all going to be in that same tier essentially. Um, it's whichever one's cheaper. That's kind of who I want. So uh, I'm with you right there. Evan Ingram, I think, is is a valuable asset, but at the same time, it's tied in. Like I, I mean, we find pop performances like we just talked about Logan Thomas it, it, for for what he did for the uh, the Commanders with his 11 and 97, um, and if you can get that uh, on a streaming tight end, it's like, why would you invest in a guy like Ingram? But if you have Evan Ingram, I'm sure you feel really good about yourself right now. So um, let's dive into uh, the next week of or the next game of the week here. And let's touch on these Titans and the Colts. Um, so the, the Titans here again, it was, it was, this was a good game. The, the, the big key note of, of, of I guess really to talk about is obviously the running game for the Colts with Jonathan Taylor coming back and Anthony Richardson leaving. So um, where do you want to start here? You want to start with JT and his contract? Yeah. I mean, we can, we can start there, but football players play football. I honestly didn't think they were going to actually give him a contract like they did, but Hey, JT, good for you. Good for your agent. I don't know if taking uh, X victory laps on you getting your client a deal is probably the way to go for professionalism, but Hey, you do you, my guy, you got it. Three year, $42 million contract for Jonathan Taylor with $10 million signing bonus, 26 of it guaranteed. That's a good chunk of change for running back in this current market resetting. I think it was the highest contract per year since 2021. So there was a little bit of a reset. Um, good for the position, good for the running backs, getting a little bit more of what they deserve. However, position's still replaceable. I don't think we're going to keep seeing this position get reset by another group of guys coming in next year. So uh, good for Jonathan Taylor. They got the bag. I'm interested in, uh, I'm interested to see what the split is going forward. But you want to talk about replaceability. It's that Zach Moss can carry it 23 times, 165 yards and two touchdowns against what's supposed to be a top five defense in the run game in the Tennessee Titans. So he he looked he's looked incredibly good for a guy that was literally cast away for free. Um, I'll, I'm interested to see what the split is between these two. Jonathan Taylor still looked good in the limited touches he had, and this was week one. So this offense could be pretty good. Second thing you talked about there was, yeah, it looks like uh, Anthony Richardson could even be placed on IR with a grade three AC joint sprain is what we're kind of thinking it is right now, I believe. No more probably throughout the day today as you all listen to this one. Um, so it's Garner Minshew season. Garner Minshew mania is going to run this team for the next couple of weeks. And they paid a very serviceable backup. They're still in the thick of it in this AFC South. Uh, no team's really pulling away yet. So I like where this team is at. Interested to see where they go going forward. Yeah, I think Gardner's a guy that I'd be interested in. You know, Scott talks about it on his show on uh, on Monday of, of basically t- trading off of like those QB threes, QB fours. Like if you have Gardner Minshew, if you're able to trade him to somebody like trade him to the Anthony Richardson owner, get a quarterback and a pick back, like trying to look for ways to to manipulate that kind of quarterback market. Uh, definitely a, a trade I'm looking to explore unless you absolutely need these Minshew starts. Hopefully you don't. Uh, hopefully you're lucking into, you know, just the fact that a, a rich got hurt. And now you can capitalize by by acquiring uh, some sort of asset for a potential, you know, few weeks starts out of Gardner Minshew. So uh, that's the kind of trade market I'm looking at for for that. And then same thing with Anthony Richardson, though, like this is actually a buy window. If you're if you have belief in Anthony Richardson, um, this is your time to to buy him. You know, if he does go on IR, people that, you know, we're kind of banking on him most likely as a QB one or QB two on their team. This is your chance to go out and buy it. And it's it's kind of a risky proposition. Obviously, 
this is what the second injury he had the concussion. Now he's having the, the AC sprain and he left the makes, other game early as well. It makes you a little, a little uneasy trying to go out and buy the rookie, even though he's looked great when he's on the field, it's like, okay, this is what you want to see. But man, like how much concern do you have? Like, are you, are you hesitant if you were to go out and try and acquire a rich right now? I'm not going to be hesitant because of the injuries, man. He's a 6'4", 255-pound quarterback. I think he's just had some unfortunate luck. We saw people fade to it because of his injury concerns, and look what's happened now. I mean, every time that he's been on the field and playing, he's been performing like a top-10 quarterback and not even finishing games. Um, I'll, I'll take that upside and hope that this is just a little bit of a fluke to start off the NFL career for this kid. Um I, I'm just going to lean into that, take the production. People want to bail out of their uh, CJ Stroud. I'll gladly take, uh, I will gladly bail out of any of my CJ Stroud, pick up Anthony Richardson if people want to do that. Obviously, this is kind of what we're talking about before with this trade market that we're currently in, though, right? Like, you have to be motivated on both sides to do this. So, it's probably only on your tanking teams that you really want to take on that Anthony Richardson and you have to buy him from a contending team. And hopefully, the contending team is the one that has the the rookie quarterback that was probably taken at the 101 or the 102, the the positions where this trade is going to work out for you is probably not very many um, where you can actually capitalize on a team looking to get off of Anthony Richardson because they need points. The two just don't normally correlate that much unless you were in a startup this year. It's just not normally how teams are going to be built, but I'd be going out and trying to do it if I could. Yeah, I'm at least exploring it, right? I'm at least going to reach out to the manager. I'm going to assess the team and kind of figure out like where they're at and if it makes sense. Um, I, I'm obviously never going to tell them no on on my like on their behalf, but so I'll send the trades out and see if I can maybe move one of my you know back in QB one type guys and and just hey like look you're getting points and you're still getting a secure dynasty asset like we talked about like and I don't think Deshaun Watson's the right name maybe you'd have to kick something in but but again like if you're able to would you would you swap like I'm going to go as high as like would you swap t-law for cj stroud or not cj stroud geez for, for a rich straight up i'll bail out of t-law yeah yeah i think i'd take that that as well so like I, I'm, I'm just exploring those types of things cj stroud right now is the hot name and we'll get into him in a few minutes um but yeah like that's those are the types of moves i'm looking at just because this is your buy window uh don't go out there and just you know insult the a rich manager otherwise you're going to cl- close some doors but come with a strong offer uh send o- send out like a, a back-end qb1 or a high-end qb2 in a piece maybe this is your chance maybe send some brock purdy in a piece like you'll you might actually have the chance to, to move into an a rich so um i definitely explore those right now you did touch on uh J- jt and i just want to bring up this running back room because i am curious what the split's going to be and i know they talked about easing jt back in he only had six carries on the game but you want to talk about surprise I was so surprised with the way that Zach Moss has played that they actually gave JT a contract like this. Like I figured this was going to be the, 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 the negotiating piece for the Colts where they're like, look, man, this dude that just got tossed to the wayside by, by two teams. Like that's, that's our guy. Like that's, he's out here just torching the number one defense. You know, obviously that was this week, but he has played very well without JT so I am curious what the split's going to be. So here's my two-parter question. One, are you still interested in acquiring Zach Moss, or is this your – do you, do you even have a sell window now? Because I feel like your sell window has been closed personally. But I mean, what, were, you, were you trying to get a second out of Zach Moss? Because I don't think you're doing that anymore. Yeah, you're not uh, getting you, that now. If you still want to bail out at the third, you can still do that. But I don't even know if beforehand you were getting seconds for Zach Moss because 
he was Zach Moss, you know, like the, the name kind of has a sting to it, even if he is rushing for 165 yards and two touchdowns. If you can get the second, I mean, I'll just liquidate the running back for a second, but I don't, I don't know if it's, it's just a team to team directional thing. You need to find the right partnership in the deal, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like the running back room there is just, it's just tough. Like everyone's going to want, you know, Oh, job security for JT. He's back. Like he's a top four dynasty running back. Like, I don't think people feel that way. Um, and then, I mean, we'll have to see the performances happen. So it's a tough spot to sell him, buy him. Like it's, it's just a weird, uh, weird spot for that team all around. But yeah, I think if you have Zach Moss, most likely your best bet is holding on to him. Uh, Cause those points on your team are probably more valuable than, than what actual trade value you're going to get for him at this point. So uh, yeah. last thing on this game, just wanted to touch on D hop. Finally, finally had a hundred yard game. Uh, for the Tennessee Titans, truly the only thing of note that happened in this game. So he got you eight catches, 140 yards. How relieved are you as a as a well known D Hop owner after this performance? <laughs> I've got about a 50 percent ownership of D Hop across Ooh. like 12 leagues, so I have a lot of D Hop out there. Uh, yeah, there's some teams that he needs to move as well now because they have started already turning into some failed contenders. Hopefully, out for this one, I can actually get some sort of value off of him because. He looked really he he did actually look really good though. Like he was making the contested catch jump balls and everything, was running the slants underneath and just bodying people out of the way. Like this is what they should have been doing with him the entirety of the time. Um the, the running game hasn't looked as good with Derrick Henry on this team right now because the offensive line is bad. So let's just get the ball out quickly and eleven times for eight catches to D hop. Just play a short, quick game. That's what they've been doing in Arizona for the last two years. Don't know why they weren't doing it with him until now. Yeah, and I think that was some of the conversation. It's like him, him getting used to the new team, getting on the same page, again familiarization with the uh, with the organization. And now that he is, and everything's kind of up and running, and they're like, okay, this is what we need to do to be successful. Yes, let's use D Hop in, in you know a way that uh, is going to truly feature his skill set. So nice to see that. Um, let's dive into you want to dive into your, your Houston Texans and the Atlanta Falcons here. Let's go to him. Another heartbreaker loss for one of my teams cool. in the in the kind of last minute weekend. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't a great football weekend for me. But hey, I'm I'm still like I had I came into this year with no expectations. Obviously, I was not a fan of the CJ Stroud pick either, and that has completely proven me wrong. I owe that man an apology. Looks like he has totally taken this team over and become the true leader that this organization needs really needed really really badly. So I'm very excited for the future. He put he, I mean he put together a comeback drive as well. The defense. Just just got eaten up by Desmond Ritter, who still never lost a game at home for all of you people who want to keep calling for this kid's job and saying he's awful. Get out of fantasy mindset world. Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter are still actually winning football games. And today they actually, you know, or on Sunday, they actually produced a pretty good amount for the top three assets here outside of Bijan. It just wasn't a rushing game because the Texans defense was just kind of letting everything up underneath. Let's see, we got Kyle Pitts with 87 yards, Drake London with 78 yards, Johnny Smith with 67 yards. Like this is how I want to see this. This is how we want to see this offense run for the passing weapons. Damn, I mean, they were just chewing up clock too. Bijan Robinson with another 14 carries, Tyler Algier with another 17 carries. I mean, they just had possession of this ball all the way throughout the game. <laughs> a lot of plays. This is probably not what it's going to look like for the Atlanta Falcons most games. They had a lot of yardage here. 
I just love seeing CJ that that drive by CJ Stroud was just everything that I wanted to see. Like, yeah, just from a young quarterback to have just the the composure to to go down, score, put your team up, like just just totally put the team on his back. And, and I w- I was hoping after that, like you get the dub and, and you know you go off and celebrate that that kind of comeback win. Um, I guess Desmond Ritter did the same thing. Like, I don't know why I'm not excited for him as well. It just doesn't feel right to to cheer to cheer for that drive. Like, it wasn't. I don't know. It just doesn't have the same like oomph behind it. Um, because like, I, yeah, I, I've I've really enjoyed what we've seen out of CJ Stroud. Like, he is someone in Dynasty that is that has risen uh, exponentially. I mean, I've seen I've seen CJ Stroud for for Joe Burrow trades like straight up. Um. I don't know that I'm there, but like he's put himself in the top, I think the top 10 in dynasty for sure. Um, he's putting himself in that, that, that kind of that next group. Like, can he be a top seven quarterback, top eight quarterback? And, and he, he might be, so uh, we'll, we'll see how this continues, what weapons they surround him with. But yeah, I mean, Desmond Ritter, his job's secure, his job's secure. Like I, everyone keeps, like you said, calling for him, calling for Arthur Smith. Like they're winning football games. They're going out, they're doing their thing. I don't know that they're going to be in a position necessarily to draft a replacement either. Like they might not draft a, a quarterback. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're still in contention for the NFC South right now. Yeah. They, I mean, they're going to be a mid pick, even if they, even if they miss the playoffs, like they're still going to be in the, the, the teens, like, and, and for the likelihood of them even drafting a quarterback at that point, just doesn't make sense for the organization and, and what they've seen. Like, it seems like Desmond Ritter is going to get another year, like for sure. So uh, do what you want with that information. It's it's so tough for me to say like Desmond Ritter threw for over three hundred yards, over three hundred yards. And look, it just, like if you just go through their schedule: Commanders, ooh, Bucks, Meh, Titans, Vikings, Cardinals, Saints, Jets, Bucks, Panthers, Colts, Bears, Saints. Like, tell me how they don't get to like eight or nine wins. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, they're already three and two. Again, a good comeback win for them. They, you know, again, Ritter did his thing, but but for fantasy purposes, like it doesn't exactly excite me. Like, yeah, that was a great 300 yard performance. I'm super happy that they finally got their pass catching weapons involved in this. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen week in and week out. And I think that's where my struggle is with Ritter. Is like, all right, what I mean, are you going to be? They ran like 70 plays today. That's not how this offense Wild. is going to run just wild but uh yeah so again good good moments on both sides of the ball for both of these teams uh, again i think it was more of a good game than it was for good fantasy purposes uh you know for the rest of the the team it was just kind of meh yeah you got some usage out of like you said pits and and uh you know uh, london for once but i don't think it changes anything for their value every everyone's still so down on atlanta in terms of fantasy that it's just uh you know yeah, I still don't like any of the receiving options as useful fantasy pieces week in, week out. Yep, absolutely. So anything else you want to touch on with this game? No, we can go to another team that doesn't have very many fantasy pieces that are useful. But this is the Carolina Panthers and the Detroit Lions. Carolina got beaten down in this game early and often. And uh, Adam Thielen's the only piece you want to this offense. Bryce Young is getting absolutely destroyed back there. Uh, it's bad. It's bad in Carolina right now. They look like they might have a, have given the bears and top three overall pick. So it's Adam Thielen, 13 targets, 11 receptions, 107 yards, touchdown. Long as Adam Thielen's healthy, man, he's going to keep producing this entire, this entire year. He's one of those guys that honestly, like if you listen back to Scott's pod on Monday that dropped, 
he's talking about those those vet trades where if I can send that back in first, get two vets. Adam Thielen's a perfect one because as long as he's healthy, he's going to keep balling out like this throughout the rest of the year. Carolina's going to keep being down. The defense is still hurt, and they're they're giving up a lot of points, and they're going to be down early and often a lot like this, just have to throw the ball. And the only one that can get separation here right now is Adam Thielen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Thielen had, what, 13 targets on the on the game. Uh, just another a very well you know, rounded performance for him. You know, it was 11 catches, 107 yards. It's kind of what you expect out of, out of Adam Thielen and then adding a nice little tutter to go along with that. So um, that's, that's it, right? Like that's exactly it. Like he has a 27% air yard share on this team. Um, his target share is right around 25% as well. So like this, these are numbers you want to see. Um, and he's going to be putting up, whether you want to call him wide receiver one numbers, but he's going to be a, a, a valuable wide receiver two for sure. And it's just me whether or not he can capitalize with that touchdown. So I do like that. But I feel like the rest of these weapons have just been absolutely disappointing. I, I didn't expect much out of DJ Chark or, or Jonathan Mingo this year. Um, but like I had such high hopes for Miles Sanders in this running game coming in. The, the offensive line has not been good at all. And Sanders has not been good at all. I mean, I believe Sanders actually got out touched by Chuba Hubbard in this one. So it was seven yeah. carries for 32 yards, nine for 35. Like, ugh. Are you, can you even do anything with Miles Sanders in fantasy at this point? Probably not for this year. I mean, he, he's going to be there next year, too. But what does this team look like next year? They don't have their first. What's the capital that they can really invest? They're already talking about trying to like we've already talked about they're trying to trade for a number one. You already sunk your capital in. Or are you just going to keep trying to sink it into the sinking ship? Um, I mean, you have to rebuild it somehow, right? Because you already just tore it down. True. It's going to be tough to build this one back up together. And Frank Reich is doing Frank Reich things as well. So, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, though, we had a a well oiled machine. I guess you know you you, you were missing some very key cogs in Amon Ross St. Brown and uh, Jameer Gibbs were both out due to injury. So uh, you did have kind of the the you know the return of JMO as a highlight, and then the David Montgomery show. Uh, Monty put another solid performance of 109 ca- uh, yards, 109 carries. It feels like 109 <laughs> carries the way they use him, but yeah, 109 yards. Games, he might have close to that already. Oh, he does for sure. I know, I know he does. Uh, 109 yards, one tutter on the ground, uh, another couple catches with 20 yards in the air, and then uh, Sam Laporta, you know, doing his thing. Three catches, 47 yards. He had two touchdowns, which again highlighted the day. Josh Reynolds, four for 76. Like they found a way to get these pass catching weapons. Uh, the ball and and just do enough to win. JMO did JMO things that we saw last year of three targets, two catches, two yards, and a big old wolf. But um what do you make of this team? I mean, obviously it wasn't their their full squad with with Amon Ra. Where are you at with Laporta right now? I want to start with that one just because he seems to be the hot name for these Detroit Lions. Well, I'll get to Laporta in just a second, but we have to give stats first. Unfortunately, Montgomery okay. missed a game. So he's not actually at 109 yet, but he is on pace for 110 carries through four games if he was actually to play a fifth. So okay. we are to 109 carries. We're at 110 for on pace. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's an, inter- it's an interesting conversation with Laporta. The, the issue that I kind of have with it is I think that this team does still get a wide receiver too at some point. It's not JMO. Um, I don't know if it's a trade acquisition. 
Now, obviously, we just saw the Raiders as we're just finished uh, watching that game and now recording this pod. They did get a win, so maybe Devontae Adams does stick around a little bit longer than I potentially thought at one point. The Bucks are still good, so Mike Evans might be solidified there with Baker and Godwin, so maybe that's not the wide receiver that I thought they could get, but... Maybe Jerry Judy is the one that could go up there as a trade-off from the Broncos. Um, I, I just, I don't, he's very, he's a very, very good, he's a very, very good NFL tight end. And this Ben Johnson offense, if Ben Johnson would love to adopt me, I would love to be his son because watching this offense is incredible. And I would love to be in the same family as somebody who is this good of an offensive mastermind. But I don't, I don't know the, it, it's been very good to start. I think he could easily be on that TJ Hawkinson trajectory, but this is where TJ Hawkinson was, right? Obviously the offense is better overall and the system seems better overall, but what happens if a Ben Johnson leaves next year, the offense might take a step back. I don't know. I mean, I, I think he, I think long-term Laporta is going to fall into the upper tier of replaceable. I don't know if he ever gets to that true Mark Andrews level that we trying to put him at already. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some good things out of Laporte. I'm just going to break down some of his numbers. He he does have um, a nice 20% target share, and he's got 19% of the air yards coming out of this offense already. So he's done some good things that you want to see, which is second on the team, only behind Amon Ra uh, for, for both of those, I believe, here. And then looking at just tight ends as a whole, you only got, I think there's 10 tight ends that are uh, – 20% plus in target share for their team. And that's TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Sam Laporta, Evan Ingram, Cole Komet, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, and Zach Ertz. So good company to be in when you're, you know, when you're talking about the tight end position, um, it, you know, it does stink that it's kind of replaceable at this point where, where all these tight ends are just meh. So unless you're like in a, a heavy premium, um, you know, it's going to be really tough to figure out really what that's going to look like. Um, and I did miss Josh Reynolds actually is, is higher in air yards than, uh, than Laporta, but, uh, you know, it's going to be the number three option on the team. That's, that's number two, number three option on the team. And if they do actually get another solid wide receiver two at some point that could change things significantly, but maybe he is the wide receiver too. So we'll, we'll find out how that kind of shakes itself out, um, as the season goes on and then also throughout his career. But, uh, I do like Laporta is, is he the number one, is he the number one tight end rookie this year like oh easily yeah there's 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 no conversation about that michael mayer was finally you think he caught two balls tonight yeah Yeah, finally he doubled up his reception total on the year just killing it this year um (laughs) yeah Uh, it's been really rough for the titans that uh, for the expectations we had dalton kincaid's been meh um so yeah he's tied in tied in one of, of these rookies for sure and I, I just I have a tough time putting him in that top group until I really see like, I mean, yeah, you got the touchdowns. That's great. But I want to see the the yardage as well as the, you know, that overall usage continue uh, throughout this year. But, yeah, he's he's on that TJ Hawkinson path of, of what he was in Detroit. And we saw how hit or miss that could be, too. So I'll tell you, I'd rather have him over Pitts easily. Like, that's that's yeah, not yeah. a question. I mean, he's up, he's up at like yeah. he's up at tight end five. Like he's he's got the youth, which we don't have at the position currently right now for actually producing assets. So I think he's up at like tight end five right now. He's one of he, he's bordering on the list of tight ends that actually matter in Dynasty bordering yep he's bordering he's 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 getting there well so we'll, we'll see we'll keep that one monitored but but again it's tight end so 
Um, let's dive into, uh, I guess the, the second worst Bill Belichick loss, uh, followed by what happened last week. So he's had, he's had a rough couple weeks. Um, what the saints shut him out. Like there's really not a whole lot to get into on this one, other than the fact that like Mac Jones got benched. I mean, is that even, I guess let's, let's simmer it down here. Talk about overreactions. Is that an overreaction that Bailey Zappi got in and got to play this game? I mean, the game was out of hand because Mac Jones yes. threw a pick six within four within four snaps. <laughs> um, I, I think it's an overreaction because it doesn't matter if Bailey Zappi's playing quarterback for this team or not. The team is just bad. All of the offensive weapons are bad. You see DeAndre Hopkins go off for 140 yards for a team that desperately needed a wide receiver one. This team desperately needs a wide receiver one. They don't even have a wide receiver two because they had a wide receiver two in Jacoby Myers. And they said, no, we don't like you. We're going to pay the same amount exact amount of money to a guy with a degenerative knee problem in Juju Smith-Schuster who can't really play the game of football like he used to anymore. They're... It, it's inept. It's inept what they are doing from an organizational standpoint. I still have Bill Belichick, the head coach, but this team and the product that they are putting on the field right now is just absolutely atrocious. I don't think it matters whether it's Mac Jones. I know we were talking about it before of like if if Mac Jones were in the San Francisco situation, I think he'd look exactly like Brock Purdy, but he can't do anything with this situation right now. He seems just pissed off and annoyed with where he's at, and I don't blame him. But the attitude and everything around the, everything around there just feels miserable. And like Bill Belichick said, they have to restart. I don't know if you're going to be able to figure that out five games into the season after you've already tried to be restarting this year for the last six months, probably trying to f- put this thing together, and you're still this bad, and it still feels this broken. I don't know how it gets better on this team the rest of this year, and that probably means Mac is gone. It probably means that you're throwing in Bailey Zappi a couple weeks from now, and you're just trying anything to salvage something. I don't know what this means for Bill Belichick long-term, whether Robert Kraft goes back into it as well. Uh, maybe he just takes away the GM powers because that's what seems to really be the issue here is they've had no development of talent, and you can't hit on a draft pick in the top three rounds over the last seven years. It, it's bad, man. Yeah, I mean, Belichick's been very loyal to his staff and the people that are there, and I feel like that's probably part of the problem. Like, there's some there's some retread of, uh, you know, guys that go off and get other jobs, get fired, come back, and, and now they're on the staff, and it's like, yeah, maybe there's something going on with their coaching styles. But, um, you know what? It's just a crap show. Like, it's just an absolute just dumpster fire up in New England. I want nothing to do with any of those fantasy assets. Like I thought Juju was going to have a shot to be Jacoby Myers in this offense. Nope. Yeah. Whatever. Like I, I want nothing to do with Juju. I want nothing with Zeke. Ramondre is about the only asset that I'd want to own him and Mac Jones. But like, honestly, Ramondre is getting outplayed by Zeke. I mean, kind of, I guess like what they, they're not even putting Ramondre on third downs because he's, he's a liability on third downs for this year. That's fair. That is fair. I say like at least Zeke's getting passing work, which is what we all anticipated Ramondre was going to get. But you know, uh, from a rushing perspective, it's not like it even matters. Like neither of these guys are doing anything at all. Like they're getting about three yards a carry. Woohoo! Like (laughs) the offense is so bad. Like if you have these assets, it's probably too late to get out of them. Like this is just an a a really crappy situation you're you're just going to have to hope you can package mac up with some picks and get an upgrade 
uh, or wait till next year. Most likely, if you ha- if you're banking on Ramondre and you're banking on Mac Jones this year, uh, you're having a tough time. <laughs> so, so uh, this is probably a, a team that you're just kind of sol with. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to say pick up Bailey Zappi shares, but do you even you're never going to want to start that either. I don't think it's not like he's going to come in and save this. He's looked bad every time that he's gotten in as well. Uh, j- just to leave off with where this New England Patriots organization is, it seems Bill Belichick has now coached his 453rd game. And like you said, he's had back to back the worst losses of his career in 453 games, two games in a row. He's reset his record for the worst loss in his career. Whew. That's that's a that's a rough one, man. Then on the other side of the ball, I just want to highlight some quick things here. Uh, Derek Carr was average just meh like this whole even though this was a 34 to 0 game you would think that the saints like demolished him but it's just eh, 183 yards in the air uh alvin Kamara did get 22 carries on the ground for it with for 80 yards and a tutter so he got involved kendra got some late work with 12 for 37 um you know mt did uh, i guess michael thomas things on seven targets whatever he could do but he had four for 65 kendra had 453 getting involved in the pass game and one thing to note with that was like everyone thought it was garbage time like Kendra's passing work was actually mid-game like he did actually get involved in the passing game before it was a blowout so those types of touches were still valuable um the the one thing I wanted to highlight was my sit of the week which was Chris Olave uh he did get saved by a touchdown but uh he did have two catches for 12 yards so uh I mean I just have to do that just for just for sake of the show and I know how much it just grinds your gears when I talk about him (laughs) Yeah, but what what you just talked about, whatever. I mean, look, yeah, it was a thirty-four to zero game where they had what was it? Maybe like a total of three hundred yards of offense, three three forty yards of offense. It was a bad game for Chris Olave, okay? But okay. he caught a touchdown, bailed him out. Also, shout out Foster Moreau, pretty cool story, yes. catching the touchdown today. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, again, not non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, diagnosed this offseason, came back already, out here scoring touchdowns. Props to you. So excited. And, and, and you know, in Cancer Awareness Month as well. I know it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but the NFL initiative is just for cancer as a whole. So, yeah, uh, great uh, great timing for all of that for, for him. So uh, enough of this game. At least we ended on a high note there. And let's go back to some, uh, I guess, a woofer of a game, really. <laughs> like Let's talk about the, the Steelers and the Ravens. I don't even know what to do with this. Like, yeah, I guess let's we'll we'll give George Pickens his props. Like he he played like a, a true alpha, as you said. Like he actually did true alpha things where it's like, wow, like there you go. Like this is the George Pickens that that we we know and love uh when he can get 10 targets. Uh so again, if, if these targets are gonna be consistent, then yeah, like yeah, we can expect these types of performances. But he had 130 yards, uh the, the, the touchdown that that we all saw to really win the game. But that's about it. Anything else you want to talk about in this one? <laughs> um, Najee Harris still looks like he's running in jeans. Jalen Warren looks more explosive than him, but people calling for Jalen Warren to get more touches, I think he'd look about the same if he were to get the type of touches that Najee Harris is getting as well. He's still a grinder. And that's what that's the role he's going to serve. Uh, Baltimore rushing rushing. Just, I mean, have them in best ball. I'd never want to start a single one of them in lineup unless I have to, and I'm just tearing down the running back position. They're just going to go for 40 yards apiece, and you hope they fall into the end zone. Lamar, I mean, I don't like, I don't exactly, even though he's right, I don't exactly like calling out receivers on dropping the ball. However, they did have like 10 drops today, so can't really blame you all too much there. 
just an ugly game all around. Uh, Steelers, another game under 400 yards under Matt Canada. But the favorite, but the best thing though was that the Randy Randy audible that Kenny Pickett called at the end of the game to win the game for the George Pickens audible, calling out Randy Randy throws the game winning touchdown and Matt Canada is just sitting there pissed off that he audibled out of his play while everybody else is celebrating like that is just it feels like the definition of Matt Canada and why everybody in Steelers Nation wants him fired it was just the perfect culmination of all of it like you finally won your offense finally did something good and you can't even celebrate it because you're pissed off that your quarterback audibled out and threw a touchdown like that is that is the play right there that like I want Tomlin, I want like the entire just the entire entire Steelers front office to sit down with Matt Canada and be like, see this right here, this is why you're fired, and like just just get him out of the building. Like there, there's no room for that. I, I get it, right? Like I get like you know you have a play call, like you think that you're you're executing and whatever, but you know what? When when you're when your guy correctly identifies an audible. When you have one-on-one coverage, you call Randy Moss, you know, Randy, Randy, like you, you, he's, you knew what was going to happen. It was just a, it was going to be a jump ball for, for George Pickens and Pickens separated with, you know, I mean, whether you want to call it a push off or not, but like he separated and he got himself a game winning touchdown. So, Hey, g- well, good for them. Obviously we can't go into Matt Canada's head and like look in and see that he was actually pissed off. It is a little bit of conjecture, but nah. he did not celebrate at all. And he looked livid on his face. This is the overreaction podcast. We're allowed to say that. And that was an underreaction for, on his part. <laughs> the zero celebration at all was an underreaction. And just, there was just some sort of resentment there towards Kenny Pickett. He's going to be on his burner account. I just know it. He's going to be on his burner account all week. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. So, uh, yeah, so that pretty much covers the the offensive side of the ball. Really nothing there. Ravens, uh, like you mentioned, the drops. The big thing that I did want to highlight here is uh, Andrews and Flowers both did have double-digit targets. So, you know, it was nice to see both of them getting double-digit targets despite the fact that Flowers did drop a couple. Um, again, the involvement is really where it was at, and that's what you want to see is that target share going forward uh, in order for them to be, you know, to, for him to have like fantasy relevant weeks. Uh, he had an okay performance. It could have been better for sure. So mm-hmm. the, that whole Ravens offense was just kind of, eh. Yeah, it's incredible. Nelson Aguilar, uh, second best wide receiver on this offense right now, and he would still be the wide receiver one on the New England Patriots. Pretty incredible <laughs> things to say. <laughs> Oh man. All right. Let's dive into, uh, to, I guess, uh, for me, a woofer of a game, but my Denver Broncos and the, the New York football jets, I guess, um, Hackett bowl, man, the Hackett bowl. Yeah. You, you have the, the, the coach talk of, you know, Peyton talking crap about Hackett, Hackett actually getting his chance for revenge. And this, the, I don't even know. I don't even really want to dive into to the true feelings I have about this Denver team. It's it's bad. Like it's so bad. I I I don't even know what to do anymore. Like I just I, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that like this Denver defense was like a top five unit in football for for several years, and then like even last year they were a top uh, three defense for like the first few weeks of the season last year, and now they're arguably the worst team i've seen play they football are the, they're the worst defense in the league right now it's, it's oh incredible. yeah it's not even close not it's even it's, close. it's incredible how bad of a turnaround has happened there yeah man oh anyway so i mean fantasy wise like truly for the let's just stay with the the 
the freaking Broncos here. Uh, the only one you want is is Russ, and, and Russ has played extremely well. I believe he's like QB eight on the year. He's outproducing Lamar. Like when you really look at it, like I, I don't expect that to continue. But he, he I. I wanted a lot of, of Russ. I, I know I, I hung my hat on that, whether you want to call it bias or not. Um, but it was one of those things that just it felt like it couldn't get much worse than what it was last year. And at least the offense for Denver is, is clicking when it comes to, to what Russ is doing. Uh, he is distributing the ball evenly, which you don't want to see for fantasy. So Jerry Judy's not getting all that involved. I mean, he had six catches for 50 yards on seven targets. Like that was good. Samaje was the highlight, really having 73 yards on four catches. But again, basically like one of the wide receivers has a good game and then the rest disappears. So this was a Judy six for 50 Cortland Sutton, just non-existent for one catch for 13 yards. Marvin Mims, one catch for four yards. I mean, he did fumble that punt. Um, so yeah, like those types of things happen. Yeah. You really don't want anyone in this offense besides Russ. Yeah. I mean, Russ's only issue is that, he distributes the ball to the other team in key situations at the end of games and (laughs) they're losing games because of it. Sorry. I had to boot that one in there as soon as he said it. But um, I I think the interesting thing for this team, one, Jaleel McLaughlin, what do you think about him? Is he actually standalone, any standalone value? I traded him for a 25 third and Antonio Gibson today. Uh, So you traded him and a third for Gibson. No, no, no. I got the third and Gibson. Oh my God. I mean, people like Jaleel, man. I mean, I do too. Like I, I like Jaleel McLaughlin. Like, and honestly, I almost did. Like I was honestly sitting there, but like this feels like a Sean Payton guy that he's just going to start playing Jaleel McLaughlin over Javante Williams for the rest of the year. Even when he's back and healthy, I think that, that would be my concern. Like it's, it's truly like if Javante's healthy, then, then I don't know that he's going to have as much standalone value, but until then, like he's definitely a streaming option. They're going to keep him involved. Uh, in both the passing and running game, I mean, he he's looked good um, in his his you know limited work so far. But again, I, what it really comes down to, like he he was the one I wanted to like I thought was going to be the touchdown scorer for the running backs. He did catch a put, touchdown pass, but in the end, like it, it's a crapshoot. Like I just I don't want to have to plug him in my lineup. I don't want to have to do no. that at all. I did start two of them that would line up. I was pretty happy about that. Good for you. Talk about talk about luck. Last last thing with the Broncos. Is there any validity as you being a Broncos fan to this sell off as they're saying it might happen that they could sell off Jerry Judy? They're already now one in four bye weeks coming up already in like three weeks here. So any any reason that you would potentially buy any of these offensive weapons that haven't really put together any games, especially in the receiving games of the Cortland Suttons, the Jerry Judys? Do you think you potentially buy one of them thinking that they might go to a contending team? and see their situation improve. I mean, Judy would be the one, um, not only because of the talent, but because of, um, you know, the, the name and the, the, that kind of association. Like, I feel like he's the, the one that actually gets moved also because of his contract. Yeah. Um, so like, that's the one that I would be very interested in. So if you have him great, and if you can buy him for low, like, you know, obviously don't give up anything too significant, but if you can give up a couple seconds or a second and a player, like at this point, that's pretty much what you're getting. Like, I don't, if people are still wanting first for him, I'd have a tough time giving that up at this moment in time. Um, I don't know, dude, like the Broncos locker room is already talking about it. Like it sounds like from inside, they're talking about a teardown. It sounds like the team itself has kind of given up on the season. 
which is just not what you want to hear. I mean, you, there's been rumors like they wanted to get players out, like Randy Gregory's already gone. Like he was one that, that was a, you know, I don't know if he's all pro, but he's a pro bowl uh, pass rusher with the, with the Cowboys, signs a $70 million deal to go to Denver and does absolutely nothing. Like he had a decent season last year before injury. I feel like they need to tear it down. But yep. it's just it's it, just it feels like it's going to be it feels like it's going to be Sean Payton's going to rebuild everything here. And it's probably going to be centered around Julio McLaughlin. Jeez, uh, this guy. <laughs> kidding. Yeah, I know you're kidding there. But like, I mean, hey, it's possible that that Judy or at least one of these past uh, past catchers is out of there. And, and it seems like Judy would be the one Sutton's you know, probably stuck there. They drafted Mims. That, that makes sense. And they'll just. They'll just try to figure a way to build, you know, build from from scratch. They're going to have a high draft pick. This team's bad. This team's really yeah. bad. They're in a tough division. So, uh, all right. Other side of the ball. Uh, where were we? Holy cow. Zach Wilson gets a dub. Brees Hall balls out. God, you're just, this is just a game that ruins my day. Like Zach Wilson <laughs> getting a dub. I mean, well, I will say it was nice to see Brees. Like Brees, Brees did uh, some some incredible things. He had, you know, showcased that burst and that, that speed that we want to see with that 72-yard tart. 20, 72 yard run geez on 22 carries 177 yards holy cow learn to talk uh, so it was nice to see Brees hall doing Brees hall things um you know i where are you at with Brees hall and dynasty i know it's the, the running back position is kind of wild but he's looked very good coming off of a torn acl he's How, looked- where are you valuing him in dynasty he's looked very good he's a top five running back easily uh, the difference, the, the the bad thing about the running back position right now, there's Bijan and there's CMC, and then there's everybody else, and they're all kind of the same, worth worthy of the production that they're going to give you for the rest of this year and projected. Um, also, just be understanding that Brees Hall just faced the worst defense in the league whenever he put up 177 <laughs> yards and rushed all over them. So, like. Could be that this is one of the best games that he has. Again, with Zach Wilson leading this offense, how efficient is it going to be? Obviously, he's looked good. He's looked like he has the breakaway speed back. This is going to be his backfield. But again, how efficient is it going to be once they're actually facing NFL talent? I don't know. Uh, I still think he's a top five running back for in Dynasty, quote unquote, rest of this year because it's the same thing now. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah, I mean, just again, just shitting on the Broncos. receiving yeah. options. I don't want them. Uh, none of them. They, hey, it was, it was good to see Tyler Conklin be the leading receiver. <laughs> yeah, no, as long as Zach Wilson's at the helm, uh, that that passing game is just like. The, I mean, this was a thirteen to eight game at halftime. Like Zach Wilson was not doing a whole lot to to lead this team anywhere, and they relied more on the run game in the second half, which which obviously worked out really well. And that's what's going to hopefully win the Jets football games in the future is running the football with Dalvin Cook and with Brees Hall. So that'll that'll open up whatever type of passing game they want for Zach Wilson, um, whatever limited passing game that's going to be, because they are going to try and limit him. And that's that's exactly what they did coming out of the half is is try to limit what uh, what Zach Wilson could and couldn't do. And uh, it worked out against an awful defense. So I don't got anything else in that one. Yeah, me neither. I quit. We, we can move on for you. Thank goodness. All right, let's look into the team that dropped 70 on the Broncos, and that was the Miami Dolphins. So let's just hop into that game. Um, they have the most explosive team there is. I, I, they're, they're what? They 
are trending better than the uh, 2000, the, the greatest show on turf, the the St. Louis Rams at the time, yeah. and and their offense and how well that offense was or how good that offense was. This offense is even better. And Devon Achan did his thing again on limited touches, again breaking off big runs, uh, finding space. Raheem Mostert found his way into the end zone. Tyreek with 181 yards. Jalen Waddle did get 10 targets, but he didn't do a whole lot with those. Unfortunately, you know, he only ended up with, I believe five catches on the day. So not all that great of a game. I love this offense, man. It's Absolutely. so fun to watch. Uh, like other than the, it's probably even better to watch than the Ben Johnson offense. Like this. Yeah, the, for sure. The Miami Dolphins Lions offense and the 49ers offense. I just love watching those games. They, they're just fantastic. This team is just explosion. That's uh, all it is. You have to start. You have to start all of them because any day they could go off for two hundred and two, uh, and two is going to be as long as he's healthy. He's going to be a top ten quarterback each and every week, more than likely. Um, a chain, a chan. Um, I guess the question is: Is he up there with Maurice Hall right now? Because I've seen I've seen crazy things with him. I think that's really the only thing that's new to talk about with this offense is where is his value? Because he's shot up to the reactionary position of the running back, and he's a rookie, so he actually does have like a little bit of long term stability in him as well. People people love him, man, and like and I, and I totally get it. But it's just funny to hear people talk about like running back the way we have this entire off season and how it's just replaceable. And these guys don't matter. Like it's B, like you just said, it was it's Bijan CMC and then just the rest. But like a Chan is, is right now running back four and keep trade cut running back four. And I, I know he's young, but I mean, he's, and he's doing it on limited carries too. Like, and that's, that's where I, I want to, obviously this is where his value is. There's nothing I can say or do that's going to change where it is. My, my only pessimism towards it is, you know, he's doing it unlimited carries. Uh, is that, is that hashtag sustainable? Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's know, not going to be week over week, but yeah. like he has the opportunity to do this each and every week, which is why he's going to have that much upside and it's put into his value because as long as his offense is operating like this, sure. He might have some games where it's 12 for 60, but then there's games where it's 12 for 140 and two. And yeah. with that type, I mean, I don't even care. Like it's just weak winning whenever you have him and he's in the lineup. So you have, I mean, he has to be up there. He has to be up in probably top five right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I think so too. Um, you know, again, what is that? What is that worth? Like, is that, does that two first? Do you think you have to give up two first for, for him right now? No, I'm not giving him two first. Yeah, it's running back, right? Like that's that's like the whole thing is like when <laughs> it comes, it comes back, back to that. It. You, it, <laughs> the the difference that I think we have to get our minds around, like there there is not an, it, it. You have to put an even rank in between one, two, three, four, and five, and people think that there is actually a similar value gap between one, two, three, four, and five. It's not the way it works. It's Bijan CMC. Then there's a group of the producing running backs that are all valued exactly the same for what they are. And then there's the group of veteran running backs who are still producing right now. And then there's everything else. Like everything, everything is a conglomerate of the same value within the position. We talk about it with tiers and like when we do dynasty rankings, like just our own type of rankings. And like, we like to tier things versus like put a numerical number to it. Like, yes, Brees Hall, HN, ETN, JT, like these guys are all like in a similar tier. 
any of them could jump up based on a three-game performance or, or drop down based on you know a, a clunker of a performance or or an ankle injury where they're out for a few games. Like that variance could just change week to week or or you know month to month. So yeah, like I, I'm with you. I do think that that's something that just people people don't really fully understand. It's like, well, he's you know he's number four running back. Like, of course, he's got to be valued as such. Like, you got to give me those two first. And it's I just like Amon Ross St. Brown is wide receiver three. Okay, well, he's not worth it's not jumping from Amon Ra and me throwing a second on and you getting Justin Jefferson. That's not the way it works. Somebody has to be at wide receiver three. I will say, I will say, of all the running backs, like, I mean, you talked about the offenses that are fun. Like, I mean, you you mentioned San Francisco, uh, you talk about this Miami. I mean, uh, Kevin O'Connell, like, you know, he's from a similar, from the same coaching tree up in Minnesota and doing, you know, good offensive things. And then, of course, McVay, what they're doing with the Rams and and when that team is healthy, like how how potent that offense can be. Like, you want to talk about a team and a scheme that is going to make the most of every Devon Achan touch. Like, I, that's the only thing that gets me going with him is like, Yes, it's we don't expect it week in and week out, but he could take any any carry 70 yards like legitimately can take it like we there's people that you talk about. Oh, yeah, he's got home run speed. He can take any freaking touch 70 yards to the house. Any touch. Yep. And and we've seen it three straight weeks and it's like, yeah, well, they're just going to keep finding a way to get him in, into open space. And if he can make a guy or two miss. um, Bye bye. And my favorite thing, I got to touch on Mike McDaniel before we move on from the Miami Dolphins. He was asked about, because they are, they are outpacing through the first five games. They have produced more yards than the greatest show on turf year. And he was asked about that and what it meant. And he was like, yes, that's what we set out to do this year was to be the statistical best offense in yards per game over the first five weeks of the season. We've met our goal. he's i I love his personality he's just so sarcastic he's he's a funny dude like he's he's a weird dude but he's funny i always enjoy his his uh his interactions with the media and just seeing him walk around practice in the locker room talking like yeah just a just a good coach one team good dude yeah uh on the other side of the ball for this one was the the new york football giants and uh you know i guess they were on the other side i guess they played but uh danny dimes got hurt uh, neck injury tyrod came in he went nine for 12 and then darren waller really is the only thing of note with 11 targets so i guess waller is is serviceable again what are you doing with this quarterback room and what are you doing with waller Waller can still be waller it's really just how far down we take take daniel jones obviously we were talking about Daniel Jones potentially being like a top 10, top eight upside quarterback because of his rushing upside. Did not think that he wouldn't play most of his games without an offensive line, though. Whenever you're playing nine on 11, it is hard to actually play the game of football. And so he's going to take a lot of heat because of it. People are going to blame Daniel Jones for this offense. And while it's definitely not all, it, while he definitely has some faults into this, I don't know what you're supposed to do whenever you're getting hit. I think he's he's been sacked only less times than Sam Howell, which that offensive line has been beating him up, and he holds on to the ball as well. Daniel Jones is doing it too, but they're trying to, you know, Darren Waller finally was just running underneath and got his 11 targets this game. 
The thing for me, I think Daniel Jones is almost guaranteed another year because of the contract, so I'm not all the way out on it. But, man, they have to rebuild a lot on this team. They need better weapons outside of Darren Waller. He can't be the Travis Kelsey and just be the one of this offense and take them. And they need an entire right or what is the left side of their offensive line, whichever side it is. They probably need a whole whole new line. Just get a whole new one. A whole new one. And they can't do that within a year. So it's really just how far down down you take Daniel Jones. Yeah, no, I, I know Andrew Thomas has been hurt, but Neil, like, there, the, I'm sure it's you've seen it on Twitter. Like, literally, there was a de, uh, a defensive end pass rushing, and like he was like expecting to get touched by the right tackle, and literally, like he just kind of ran up field, and he's like, "Oh, like this dude's literally not going to block me at all." Evan Neal just sat there and just kind of hands in place, didn't even flinch towards him, just kind of like, "Okay, I guess there's no one in my space I'm supposed to block." It's like, how are at least he didn't block his own offensive lineman on that one because he did that yeah. another time. No, God. it's so bad. Like it's I've I've never seen anything like it. We talked about it before the show. Like there's such a discrepancy in the NFL this year. Like th- there's normally some parity. Like it just feels like there's good teams and then there's bad teams. Like there's no in between. Like someone's got to be in the middle. But like for the most part, these teams are just atrocious. But there's a lot, a lot of bad football. A lot of bad football. Oh man. Speaking of a team that we thought was going to be bad, or not we, but teams thought they were going to be bad, uh, but aren't, is the Arizona Cardinals and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this this kind of matchup here was was a fun one. Arizona, you know, we do, just to touch on some things quickly here, Dobbs, a little bit back to earth moment for him. Uh, finally, like he's, he's played very well to start the season. Uh, this, this Cincinnati defense definitely came to play. Uh, James Conner did get hurt, uh, and D Mercado played well i mean i'd say serviceable you know he had 10 carries 41 yards so it was serviceable in 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 that absence um and truly the only highlight of this offense is going to be hollywood brown um hollywood on the season i believe he has like 40 percent of the air yards on this team he has a 27 percent target share the only one ever over 20 percent we touched on earlier with the tight ends is zach Ertz. so those are about the only two pass catching weapons i want you know michael wilson has had his moments but you're talking about 11 percent target share 11 percent for rondale none of those target shares are, are really anything of note um, but hollywood brown is good at football and that's all that really matters anything you want to touch on when it comes to these cardinals uh, I think the only thing is James Conner. The offensive efficiency is going to go down because James Conner got hurt. Uh, I, I don't expect this team to look as good because James Conner has been very good at just taking 22 carries almost a game. And now we're on the UDFA uh, Amari DiMercato to yeah. fill in for this because it's not going to be Keontae Ingram. I know he was hurt, oh. but he was literally twice as good. Amari DiMercato was. He was twice as good as Keontae Ingram has ever been over his first two years in the league. Uh, they did get Tony Jones off the Saints practice squad, and they have Corey Clement. So this running back room is now the worst in the NFL. Your, your preseason cut of uh, of the year was was Corey Clement. You oh. added him everywhere, and then you kind of cut him everywhere and watch he's going to be the guy. So No, no, no. The That one was um, – goodness, I'm forgetting his name. Houston Texans quarterback. That was my preseason cut everywhere. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, was it Keenum? Yeah, Case Keenum. Definitely yeah. thought he was going to start this year. Didn't happen. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, though, let's uh, touch on this one real fast. Bengals, you know, Mixon did have 80 yards on the ground. But, of course, the true highlight here is 15 catches, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. Jamar Chase is back. He had his first, his second, and third touchdown of the year in this one. 
and uh, Joe Burrow ended up going off for 317 yards. So Chase looked like he was back. Like he he said, he's always open, and he was. Uh, he he was always open. He had 19 targets in this game. So Burrow fed him. But the big thing for me in this one, like Burrow looked healthy. Like there was a few yep, plays where he like kind Burrow. of yeah, like he scrambled around the pocket, moved around really well. Like there was a, a like a play of note that kind of like he scrambled in like a circle, you know, went around a, a lineman, and it was just like a kind of vintage burrow moment where he scrambled found a, a way to get you know get the ball out and, and find the open receiver looked good so I, I you know hope for the the Bengals going forward here uh again they are two and three they do have some tough games ahead but this was definitely a highlight moment for them happy to see this team healthy anything else you want to touch on with these Bengals? Only other thing was that T. Higgins was also out for this game and True. the fill in was my waiver wire guy from last week hopefully you check out the articles on destinationdevy.com make sure you look into yeah. all of the articles over there because they are all awesome however if you did follow and get some trent Irwin on some best ball rosters 10 targets eight receptions 60 yards that is probably going to hit a lot of people's lineups in best ball and so let's fire him back up he was still at three percent ownership so he's back on the waiver wire article that you call, we all can read after this show goes live as well and again make sure to look out at everything else over there because there are tons of great content creators at destinationdevy.com who are dropping articles each and every day and while we're on promos chase i'm going to take it for you underdog fantasy use that promo code tfdr and then get your one year sign up access to destinationdevy.com ten dollars to a hundred dollars you get a deposit match and you can do the underdog drafts that are coming up for the rest of the year where you can play only for i think it's like the last seven weeks of the season i think those are coming up soon so definitely going to be jumping into some of those underdog drafts again promo code tfdr gets you into the destination debbie discord for the rest of the year love to see it love to see it all right so uh touched on that again destinationdebbie.com is where it's at and in that heisman tier is where you will find us and all those content creators all day every day so uh let's uh skip through here now we have the last few games of the week this was the, the game of the week i think in, in everyone's eyes you know non uh i guess at least for the afternoon slate in my opinion everyone talked about chiefs vikings but this one here the, the eagles and the rams was really like a big one for me because one you get to see the eagles offense again uh you get to see an up-and-coming rams team you have cooper cut back puka naku on the field at the same time and my biggest takeaway was yeah they can coexist that's it. This is all this offense is going to be. It's going to be Kyron Williams, Pukunuku, and Cooper Cup. As long as they're healthy, that is it. Man, oh man, oh man. And, and like again, they, they weren't going to ease Cooper Cup back into it, but like it didn't seem like he did a whole. Like you watched it, he had like that one drive where he had like four targets, and I think he had three catches and four targets like early on. But yeah, like I was five, like, oh five yeah, targets, four catches right off the bat. Yeah, and I was like, you know, that was a good drive. But after that, it seemed like it was pretty quiet. And like you look at the stat sheet, and you're like, oh, he had 12 targets. He led the team in receiving. And then you're just like, okay, yeah, like that's of course that's Cooper Cup, like of course. And then you think Puka Nakua, like okay, he had 11 targets, so he's only had one less target, 71 yards, seven catches, and he had the touchdown. They'll be fine. They're gonna be fine. That's all I got. You like, start them each and every week. They're gonna be damn good. Yep. And if so, you're if you're worried about the long term of Puka, was it sustainable? This this kid's good. He's he's yeah. good at the football. Good at the football. <laughs> Kyron obviously led the led the team in rushing. Uh, it wasn't a, a 
amazing performance by him. Uh, but again, they didn't really do a whole lot offensively. Um, Matthew Stafford did his thing, 222 yards, two touchdowns. It was okay. Other side of the ball, though, big thing of note was they they really just the Eagles discovered that they have a tight end um, named Dallas Goddard, and he showed up. You know, he 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 had nine targets, eight catches, 117 yards. Finally, finally, you know, got involved in this offense. Did have a touchdown as well. One of the things that kind of leading into the week that I that I had overheard was just the the way that Jalen Hurts was talking about this offense as a whole. It, it is a new scheme. It's a new offense. Steichen's gone. Like they're they're relearning things. And he even talked about how his own processing of this new offense wasn't quite there. Um, and now we're seeing a little bit quicker movement, quicker decisions, things like that. And it seems like maybe we'll we'll see that the, the, those decisions going forward. But no matter what, there's always one person in this offense that falls off, and that was Devonta Smith this week. So someone's got to miss out. Two of three are going to hit, right? Yep. Two, two of the three are going to have good games, and one's probably going to have an absolute clunker every single week. Yep, and that's exactly what happened this week. Smitty had one catch, six yards. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. A.J. Brown still led the team in receiving 127 yards. This is what you want to see. You know, we had a DeAndre Swift get 17 carries. He seems like he's the one. I mean, this is this is this is the Philly offense, man. It's going to be that each and every week. You start the pieces that you know you want to start, and you even in even with the clunkers that you take, you have to take them because they have the ability to go off for 127 and two each and every week. Yep, you're you're cramming them in your lineup for sure. Anything else you want to touch on with these two teams? Now let's move to the next game. All right, perfect. So the last afternoon slate is going to be the Chiefs Vikings. There wasn't a whole lot here really that that I, I cared about. Like I thought this was going to be a this is a better football game than it was like a fantasy producing game. You know, the Chiefs did Chiefs things. They spread the ball around. Travis Kelsey left the game with an injury, came back and he was fine. He had 10 catches, 67 yards, touchdown that did, did Travis Kelsey things. But the rest of it was just even distribution across the board um, as expected. But again, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So that's kind of what we expected. But tell us about Justin Jefferson, the the real big key thing of note for this game. Yeah, on this game, the Chiefs side of the ball, it looks like every single Chiefs game. It's Travis Kelsey's good. Isaiah Pacheco runs, hopefully falls in the end zone, and every other wide receiver probably doesn't matter. And that's what we saw. The big thing here, like you said, though, was wide receiver one, Justin Jefferson did pull up with a hamstring and we're probably going to be without Justin Jefferson for a week here. I do believe that they are going into this week six game with a week seven bye on the other side. Um, no, we don't actually have the week seven bye for this team, but they're probably going to be pretty careful with Justin Jefferson here. He he is yeah. the future of this team, whether the future is with Kirk Cousins or not. Justin Jefferson is the is the highlight. He's the face of this team. And so they're going to be careful with him, especially as you now see this team fall to one and four. It is kind of the inverse of last year with a lot of the one possession games. They're breaking the wrong way this year. And how long do you keep trying to hang on and fight for this AFC or the NFC North division? I don't know what this team is exactly going to do. Obviously, we don't know personally the extent of what this hamstring strain injury is or even if it is a strain at all. Hopefully it look hopefully it looks good. Hopefully Justin Jefferson is back, but I would be expecting to be without him for a week or two here. Yeah, that's kind of my anticipation too. I feel like in, in Jefferson, there's not like a lot of motivation for him to like not that he doesn't want to play. I'm not gonna sit here and say that, but um, but in the end, like he would 
is probably better off like making sure he is 100%. It's not like they are in this in the hunt for anything right now. Um, and so truly just see what happens, uh, you know, g- give yourself at least a week. But again, when you're talking about hamstring injuries, like uh, we see it every single year. You know, there's there's someone that, that takes a has a hamstring injury and then you make it worse. You go out, re-aggravate it and you take a, a two week injury and turn it into a four or five week one. So these types of things do linger. Um, and so hopefully he can uh, at least get out there and play. Maybe he's Julio Jones and just has a, uh, you know, a, a, a hamstring year and he just plays every single game. Who knows? But uh, that's definitely something to monitor because this team will still pass the ball. That will definitely benefit, you know, KJ Osborne. It'll definitely benefit Jordan Addison, uh, which we did see quite a bit. And obviously TJ Hawkinson, as, as you mentioned. So um those are going to be the pass catchers if there is any anyone that's missing time because there's no shot that they're just going to hand the ball off to to Alexander. It's going to be the running game. Never <laughs> going to be the running be the game. Running I can game. guarantee you that. No, they'll throw the ball to uh, Brandon Powell as the wide receiver three before they hand the ball off thirty times a game. That ain't going to happen. So hey, Powell I, actually had six targets this I, week. I know too. he's he, he <laughs> might be on an article here dropping today. Who knows? Maybe check that out. <laughs> No, I was thinking of the T. Higgins week seven bye. He's probably going to be sitting for another week until the yeah. bye. The Minnesota Vikings bye isn't until week 13. So he, they, he's just going to have to sit out and hopefully get help, fully healthy before he tries to put himself back in. And then, uh, you know, last Sunday game here, the 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 game of the week, the, the two NFC teams we thought would potentially be in the NFC championship. Obviously, this is only week five. Not that big of a deal, but... Uh, clearly the class of the NFC is the San Francisco 49ers. The Dallas Cowboys offense looked abysmal. Like Pollard couldn't get it going. Lamb had a couple catches here and there. Dak got picked three times. Like the offense was bad. I know a lot of this does fall on Dak and that's what you're going to hear around Dallas is is, the the blame game for Dak here. But yeah, that uh, 49ers offense, I mean, I, they didn't have anyone that had over 70 yards and they still put up 42 points. And I know short field matters, but man, man, CMC didn't, he didn't even have a good game. Like he did have a touchdown, keep the streak going. Kittle had three catches, three touchdowns. Like he just a wild game. In my opinion, just a wild game statistically too. I, I definitely didn't expect the Dallas Cowboys offense to come out and look this bad. Uh, I think one of the picks wasn't exactly Dak's fault or two, one or two of the picks weren't exactly his fault. Like the tip ball that just kind of floats up and then starts getting returned for the touchdown. It's just one of those games that got away from them so quickly that it was hard to ever really get back. It felt like I don't think that this Dallas Cowboys team is this bad as they showed out last night, but uh um, no. What what is true is that the 49ers are actually this good. Uh, they they're the best team. They're the best all around team in football. As much as we want to talk about the Miami Dolphins, they obviously can be shut down. I mean, we just saw them have the stumble against the Buffalo Bills whenever they had their fully healthy defense. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this 49ers team falter with Brock Purdy at the helm, other than him tearing his UCL. This team has won every single game since he took over as a starter and people still want to say he's bad. Like, are, are we ready to say finally that Brock Purdy is good at football? We re- Are we ready to say it? Cause he's very good at football and I don't care yeah. if it's, I don't care if it's because of a system. I don't care if it's because the pieces around him, we've seen Jimmy G we've seen Trey Lance try to run the same team. They're not anywhere near as good. Brock Purdy is very, 
very good with this team. And as long as he is healthy in this defense and these pieces can maintain what they're doing, we even saw it whenever Brandon Ayuk was out, this team just still rolls on. There's, I don't see how this team is getting stopped. Hey, as long as Trent Williams can manhandle the best pass rusher in the league and Mike and Micah Parsons, like I, I was, I think that was like the bigger highlight for me. I'm just like, Holy cow. They just kept, they kept pretty clean too. Like the, the defense, I mean, it, it, all Fred around is just, just swarming on the other side of the ball as well. Just a class class act of the NFC right now. Like it is San Francisco 49ers. It's like, it's like Travis Kelsey and, and tight end premium laser and, and tight end leagues. Like, Travis Kelsey's up here, everyone else. And right now, 49ers are up here, everybody else. Like, it doesn't really matter. You just mix and match them, replace them. Who cares who's in the NFC Championship game? It's going to be the 49ers and somebody. And uh, I, I'm not I'm not a big uh, – don't don't like the, you know, 49ers. Like, I'm not really a fan of, like, the brand and everything, but I'm so much of a fan of watching them play football. It's it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a tug of bowl with these 49ers because I I will get over it because I like everything that this team is about and how they do it. Well, then let's dive into the uh, the meh game of Monday night, the meh day night game, and uh, talk about what happened here with the Green Bay Packers and the Las Vegas Raiders. It was. Jordan Love looked awful. I think that's that's the first thing that we got to dive into. We were we were hyping Jordan Love up a pretty good amount. Uh, let me check where he's at currently in that KTC value right now because he is QB thirteen right behind Brock Purdy that we were just talking about, and I don't think those two are marginally close for what they what their futures look like for the next couple of years. Here, uh, it it was a bad game. There were. I think two brutal picks in this game. If I remember right, I was kind of watching this one, three brutal picks uh, in total because of the last play of the game as well, whenever he was trying to throw the ball up in the back of the end zone, yeah. uh, bad, bad game by the green Bay Packers. They were getting manhandled by Devonte Adams as well with trying to put linebackers on him in coverage. That was, that was a brutal one. Uh, Wild. Yeah I, yeah. I don't know what was going on in this game. And like, it, it just didn't seem like, I mean, this seemed like a Thursday night game where you're just like, what is actually happening here? Like I expected, I expected more from the Packers. I expected less from the Raiders, I guess, but like, you know, Devonte Adams, like he was okay. Like he, he did what he did with four targets. Like Jacoby Myers led the team in, in receiving here with 10 targets, seven catches, 75 yards. Like he is, you know, this was something that was talked about all off season is who can be this upcoming year's Christian Kirk. And that is Jacoby Myers. That was the name that was identified and everyone just dismissed it as soon as he went to uh to to Las Vegas because it's like oh well Adams is there. Jacoby Myers is still very good. Jacoby Myers is good at football. You want to talk about someone that's good at football? He is good at football. He finds a way to get open, gets those targets, and uh he's looked good in this offense. Uh, Josh Jacobs has not looked good in this offense, though. <laughs> he had a week last week. He had another 20 carries here. He did score a touchdown, but it's like 20 carry 70 yards like i don't know i don't other other than jacoby myers and Devonte adams i don't really want anything on this team obviously you have to but yeah. you have to just keep rolling out josh jacobs because you probably put way too much capital into him but in like josh jacobs or brian robinson the rest of the year and i don't know i don't know how to answer that honestly Think about like it feels like it's the same guy, right? <laughs> yeah, but it really does. Like they're, yeah. they're basically the same thing right now. Just which one falls in the end zone which week. Uh, 
I, I don't like this team. Jimmy G's still doing Jimmy G things. Mike McDaniels is still doing Mike McDaniels things. Josh McDaniel or Josh. Yes, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. Was Mike. Yeah, they wish. I'm um, sorry. You don't <laughs> but yeah. That. AJ yeah, Dillon's still the same thing on the other side of the ball at running back. They really yeah. need Aaron Jones back. That was probably a really big killer for them that he didn't go to he didn't go tonight. Christian Watson, still big play guy. If yep. you know, good good best ball, good best ball play, but he still needs to stay healthy as well. Good to see him back on the field and everything and performing. But Yep, seventy seven yard catch. That was uh that was nice. But again, just when you go sixteen for thirty, that is just not a recipe for success. You, and then 77 of his 182 yards were on one catch. Uh, yeah, this was just this was just not a not a good day. It, you you just chalk it up. You you, you dust yourself off. Uh, watch film, figure it out, and come back out there. But this was definitely an eye opening experience for Jordan Love. Um, I, I am curious. I mean, yes, he's KTC QB 13. He was actually a top five dynasty quarterback this year. So, which is true. You know, were we overreacting to the first four weeks of the season? Is this the reality check? Like, where where is Jordan Love? I just he was a top five dynasty quarterback this year. Yeah. When was this? He's been a top five dynasty quarterback up until this week. Yeah, he was he was at QB eleven. QB eleven was as high on KTC. Come on, no, 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 no. Like in dynasty value, different. His actual points production wise. Okay, I was okay. You had me. Sorry, you sorry. Had, you had yeah, me. No, you had me a little I mean, bit crazy actual there. Production. Actual had me a little bit crazy game. there. Yes. Um. But he had he had a couple he had a couple of good games there to start, but I, I think it's going to be a middle between this and what we've seen. I, I think he's a I think he's a good QB too. Um, but I think we're yeah. gonna have some performances that look like this as well. Yeah, no, and that's exactly it. I mean, I think he had, you know, he had a QB three, a QB six performance, you know, overall. And then I, I do think he's gonna be in that twelve to sixteen range. Like that's really where the average is gonna be. He's gonna have clunkers like this. Um, he's gonna have tougher games ahead. But he does get to play Denver. He has a bye week next week, so then he comes back, he plays Denver, uh, Minnesota, so that he's gonna have two good games there. Rams, Pittsburgh, Chargers. Like he's got some, he's got some cushy games there. Um, but yeah, Detroit, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, down the stretch, Minnesota. I mean, he, he actually might end up being a, a really good. Guy. I haven't bought into, so I, I do think that this could be a little bit of a buy low opportunity for some Jordan Love because yep. maneuvering around that quarterback two range for me, I can I can kind of do that with free yep. will. A lot of the guys are exactly the same. You know, we talk about the flat tiers, that QB two range. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of guys that look exactly the same at QB two as well. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I do feel like uh, that's, that's a guy I might, I might actually be interested in. So let me see if I can go get some, some Jordan love deals going. So uh, yeah, uh, that, I mean, that covers the the week here. Anything you want to touch on anything wholesale? I mean, we're, we're a third of the way through the season. What are you doing right now with your dynasty teams? Dynasty teams are just going directional, man. Um, you got to start moving. I think I know pretty much everybody's going to be talking about this, but look at where you're at. Contenders that are failing. Um, are you going into the retool? Where are you going? I think a, a lot of this year for me has felt incredibly boom busty. So I'm kind of trying to lean into that a little bit more. Just trying to lean on these spike weeks a lot more. That's kind of the way that I'm looking at building these teams going forward, trying to just solidify myself into the top tier assets and build just through 
scrub depth almost that can hit in the back end because you just find yourself in a guy's um, like the Nico Collins of the world that have just uh, just emerged, yeah. the Puka Nakua's of the world that have emerged, Kyron Williams, and just playing off of having these elite tier assets and then just churning through the bottom of the rosters, especially in your lineup in, in lineup and in best ball too, even. Um, just just getting yourself directionally set up to where you want to go and grinding the edges of the value. That that's where I'm that's where I kind of always live at. Yeah, I think that's the big thing right now. Uh, if I have my elite assets on my contenders, I'm not those those aren't necessarily moving. Uh, I'd be willing, you know, obviously for the for the right price, you know. But uh, in the end, like those are the ones I'm keeping, and the rest that's I'm, I'm maneuvering around. You know, does uh, does someone have a a monster week that I can sell high on? Can I can I accumulate value in some way, shape, or form and just move within a tier? And I feel like that's that's kind of where we gotta gotta be at right now is is trying to sell. Um, at those moments where people are going to be willing to buy, but like not getting greedy, we're like, oh yeah, I need an extra first. Like, just take the take the accumulation of picks, take the accumulation of players, and 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 kind of move with it. Um, and then on the flip side, like if I if I this is this is where you should know, right? Like week five, you should kind of have an idea of all right. Did have injuries decimated my team? Am I miss it? Was I missing Cooper Cup and and uh, and Austin Eckler for the first few weeks, and now my team's like sub five hundred. Maybe, maybe you're you're still truly a contender with those two pieces, maybe, but uh, you might have a have to take a real hard look in the mirror and say, look, these these assets got to go. I got to start making. I got to make a different move. Got to move in a different direction. So, um, start taking those hard looks in the mirror right now. Love it. I think that's which what you got to do all at all points now with how yep. with how often this game changes with how it's going to change week to week it's a new evaluation of your team each and every week a new evaluation of each and every player almost each and every week it's a different game than what we were playing two years ago one year ago even we're we're playing this weekly right now we're coming to you weekly for the rest of the year we'll be along with you all on the ride overreacting to every single thing i'll probably be yelling about justin fields being awful again next week george pickens <laughs> will be right back to bottom of the barrel you know we just Can't gotta over, gotta overreact to it jordan love is dead this week but you know maybe still buy some as well devon a chain running back one so yeah no uh again make sure you do check out destination for for all of the articles check out the waiver article check out the injury news the we have tons of stuff that drops on there all the time ty does a great uh trade breakdown for for everything uh make sure you are listening to all of the podcasts here on destination debbie radio this is where you got to be tuned in tapped in all day every day and then of course if you have the ability make sure you are in the heisman tier that is where you're gonna have nonstop access to all of the content creators here at destination debbie you're gonna have the voice chat where you get to listen into to some great conversations breakdowns of uh you know next level dynasty thought processes um so you got to be in there as well and yeah no tune in check us out let us know what your questions are maybe you have some directional things going on let us know how we can help you uh win your dynasty leagues as well and thank you so much for joining us here on the overreaction podcast 